0: Well, I have the opportunity to be with you this morning and I have to be honest, I had a whole sermon planned. And as I was praying yesterday for most of the day, I wrestled with what God wanted me to say this morning. So I just wrote down some thoughts I just wrote some thoughts down that maybe might help you just like they've helped me. For those of you that are visiting here today, my husband and I, the bishop of this house, pastored this church for many, many years. We've been in, the, we've been in Oklahoma City for 16 years. The, the Lord decided to take him home last, this past January. And to say the least, that this church and myself and our family has been on a journey that we've never expected. But I can stand before you this morning and say, he's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. And I thank the Lord that in every situation he's there. He's our great Jehovah Shamal, the one that's already there. He knew on January 18th that January 19th was coming. Hallelujah. You know, I can't help that every time I come to the platform, I just gotta sing a little song. Because God has done so much just not in my life but I see testimonies sitting all around this congregation where he's brought you through too. And I can't help but, you see, some people, they they pray and they don't need music. Some people can do things without music, I can't. I have music playing all the time and it, it helps me enter in to his presence, for the Bible says enter his presence with singing, and I can't help but do that. So this morning, before I even share my thoughts and the things that God has done, and I'm in just not my life, but the life of many others, I want to sing this song. Praise to you, praise to you there's nothing else i'd rather do than stand here in your presence and give praise to you will you sing it with me it's really simple praise to you praise to you there's nothing else I'd rather do than stand here in your presence and give praise to you. Praise to you. There's nothing else I'd rather do. There's nothing else I'd rather There's nothing else I'd rather do, there's nothing else I'd rather rather do, do. there's nothing else I'd rather rather do than stand here in your presence and give praise to you. Oh, there's nothing else. I sing praises to Your name, O oh
1: Lord. Praises to Your name. Praises to your name, oh Lord, Praises to your.
0: For your name is great and greatly to be praised. Our great Jehovah, our Waymaker, our Lily in the Valley, our Jehovah Jireh, our Jehovah Nisi, our Jehovah Shema. Oh Lord, we give you praise, for your name is great. You're the great I am. You're the everlasting God. You are the faithful one. For your name is great and greatly to be praised. I don't know about you this morning, but his name is great. His name is great hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated in his presence. Thank you, worship team. Thank you for the opportunity to speak this morning. I want to welcome you to the gate church and welcome those that maybe this is your first time. We're so glad you came. We're so glad you could be a part many of you know that don't know me very well and you that I have three daughters and seven grandchildren and um, th- this will be my oldest daughter it lives in England with her children and they've been home for a couple of weeks and Amanda's flying home today but I've had the opportunity to have my grandchildren in the house and um, of course I like I think my name's great called grandma the only problem with all of that has been um, I haven't had any food and so being that I've been on this journey of, of many of you don't know and some of you do know that's part of the Gate Church family that I've been displaced from my home for several months lots of months like eight months and I had a flood that came in my home from uh, leakage and so I've not been in my home and all I had is a microwave that doesn't bother me to be honest, and having all of my pots poxed up didn't bother me either. I didn't ever think, oh my God, I gotta get the pox, pots out. It never, I thought about my clothes, but not the pots. So when Kaden um, and Talia came, and Kaden's gonna be living with me for a while, and he's back there, and hi Kaden. Uh I realized that lean cuisines weren't gonna probably <laughs> do well since I have, you know, the love, the one loving thing I love about lean cuisines is you can just pick whatever you're wanting to feel like that day. Actually, before I, before Bishop passed away, we've never ate a TV dinner. If I would have put a TV dinner in front of the Bishop, we would have gone to McDonald's. And so, being that I'm on this journey and I was on, uh, I'm now back in my house, and I'm very thankful for that, and I wasn't so thankful that the pots are back in there, but um, I needed to go to the grocery store, and I have not been to the grocery store. Now, I shop in these last nine months at Brahms and Dollar General. Uh, You know, that's where I I shop. And so, um, that's where they have the lean cuisines and pot pies and things like that. And, um, and if I need to buy Clorox or whatever the case may be. And so I decided this week, I, many of you know that I've been on the road a lot and doing some things that, um, we do every year and it's been a lot of journey for me and I just got home. And so I went to the grocery store and my goodness, um, I have never seen such prices in my life. And I thought to myself, how I mean, how, wow. And I'm putting stuff like, cause my kids tell me you need to get some food, mom, because every time the grandkids come over, you know, they're used to a pantry full. Now you have to understand in this flood situation, I lost all my pantry. So I don't have food. I have to start over from spices and everything. And so I, uh, was, uh, the grandkids keep looking in the pantry, and they just know something's happened to grandma, like something's not right in grandma's house. So I decided I needed to go to the grocery store this week, and um, I couldn't believe the prices and, uh, that were out there, and so I bought all kinds of stuff and bought freezer bags and, you know, split up the chicken. I'm looking at the beef prices and going, my gracious goodness, chuck roast. You say, why are you saying all that? I'm saying this because I filled my pantry up with all kinds of wonderful things. My freezer even made spaghetti for the first time the other night for my grandkids. And this is what they told me, grandma, (laughs) thank you for getting those, uh, oh my gosh, I just, those things that you heat up the noodle things, Roman noodles. Grandma, thank you so much for getting the Roman noodles. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I just spent $500 on this pantry, and you care about the Roman noodles? I, I was like, if I'd have known that, I'd have just gone back to the Dollar Tree and just got a bunch of Roman noodles. But anyway, I was like, man, are you? I mean, like, I spent like $5 a pound on this chuck roast. And you care about a 99 cent thing of Roman noodles? Anyway, welcome to my life. Caden is going to be living with me for the next couple months, and so I'm very thankful to have him there. But um, I did buy him Roman noodles. And so, and he likes turkey meat too, so I'm good. And then I decided I'm giving him a gift card to Subway, and he can go whenever he wants to. So, anyway, for those of you that are, have been a part of our journey, you know that God is continually in my life preparing. Bishop used to say this. He's preparing us for what he has prepared for us. He's preparing us for what he has prepared for us. How many understand that sometimes they don't come in the avenues that they, we think they're going to come into? So many times we don't know what what's going to happen on... The, We think on the 18th is normality, and then the 19th brings something else. And so there's a story that I heard recently about a very wealthy man. And um, he had a very big home, and he was very, had loved to have lots of parties. And he had this beautiful pool area. And so when he had all the people come to his house, he, you know, entertained, and him and his wife loved to entertain and they brought him down to the pool area. And he said to them, how, uh, he said to them, I want you to go see my pool area. And if anybody can swim across the pool, um, my big pool, I'll give you a million dollars. And so they all went down there in great excitement that they were gonna swim across the pool. The only problem with that, it was filled with alligators. And so everybody backed up and said, No, you know, we ain't doing this. And all of a sudden, when people were headed back out, there was a splash in the water. And people turned around and began to watch what was happening with this man trying to get across the pool. And he came out the other side. And the guy that the the man that owned the home, he said, I've never seen that happen before. Like you really made it through." And he goes, I'm going to go get my check and uh, write you a check for a million dollars. He said, no. He said, I don't want your million dollars. All I want to know is who pushed me in. (laughs) How many understand that sometimes God pushes us into uncomfortable situations and we don't understand exactly what's happening? But he literally gives us a nudge. And all of a sudden, we're in this pool full of things that we never thought we were going to have to face before. And all we're trying to do is get to the other side. Because every one of us in this room in the last couple years have been facing things. And even the last several months that we never thought we'd have to face. We're walking through things that we never thought we'd have to walk through. Now, maybe that doesn't hit everybody in here. Maybe you've got a new Lexus and a brand new house and all the things that's working for you, but I don't know. I'm just, the people I've talked to, I mean, write me a note and tell me. But the people I've talked to, they've been walking through some stuff. They've been walking through some stuff. And then, I don't know about how you feel, but sometimes I feel like God's just been a little silent. Now, maybe you haven't felt that way either. Write me a note. Because I want to talk to you. But sometimes we feel like, what's God doing in our lives? He seems a little silent. I, you know, because we want the Lord, like, right away. I don't know about you, but I want a microwave. Answer. And he just doesn't do that. But yet, we know down deep, he's crafting and weaving our lives and every detail of our lives. And then he's working in our behalf. He's doing something so far greater than we can even imagine. That he's pushed us into this arena and say, well, I don't want to be with the alligators. Well, you're probably going to have to learn how to navigate through. Because the one thing God doesn't want you to do is get out of your story. When I was, as I've been walking through this journey of death and grief and doing the things that he's called me to do, I was praying one day and um, the song came to me. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. But you trust and obey. Now, if you don't know that song, you're young. Because it's, it was in a book that we used to have in church called Hymnal. If you haven't heard of that either, it's called Hymnal. It's about this big. You can find them in Goodwill. It's called a hymnal. And so I decided, I was praying and I was just like singing that song, Lord, trust and obey. Because I was telling the Lord, I'm like, you know, and as I, and you've even seen on my social media, he's faithful. He's faithful and he has been faithful to me. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. And I've been telling the Lord, he's faithful. Lord, you're so faithful. He said, I know I'm faithful. That's one of my names. I'm always going to be faithful to you, Kathy. What I want to know is if you're going to trust me. What I want to know is if you're going to trust me. So I decided I was going to look up where this hymn came from. And as I read and I learned the history of where trust and obey came from, it was in a D.L. Moody meeting back in the 1800s. And that D.L. Moody, I don't know about some of you in here. I'll just speak to my generation. How many of you were... uh, you know, taken to the altar by a church mom. You know, when you walked in the back of the church and there was laser eyes and they knew exactly what you were doing on Friday night and they targeted you. Now, maybe y'all don't have an understand, but the church mothers and fathers of the house, they'd watch for you. And if you were sitting in the back, they came and got you out of the back and they brought you down to the front and they put your head in the altar and you were going to get saved, filled with the Holy Ghost and healed all in the same night. See, some of these younger generations, they they need a good good church mother (laughs) to take them to the front. Well, all I could picture was this D.L. Moody meeting with people all down front and people all around the altar giving their hearts to Christ. And there was this one young man who was like 16 years old. And he came down and he gave his heart to the Lord. And he got up. And he said, to the, he said this, I'm not quite sure, but I'm going to trust and obey. I'm not quite sure of everything that's for, before me, but I'm going to trust and I'm going to obey. I don't know about you, but I, all I can picture is, is those church mothers being down there. Because the history says someone penned it, what he said. I'm not quite sure, but I'm going to trust and obey. They took that, those words and then they gave it to a songwriter that took it to a, another songwriter. And that, that hymn was published in the 1800s in the Methodist hymnal. I don't know about you this morning, but I've been in those I'm not quite sure moments. And when I read that and I realized that I was in those moments of not quite sure, the Lord brought me to this verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And the Lord spoke to me. If you do this, Kathy, I will direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart The Bible says, and not lean to your own understanding. How many times in our life have we tried to lean into our own understanding? Because we try to figure it out ourselves. And God is saying, trust me with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge me and I'll direct your paths. The Lord spoke to me straight after that. He said, but what I want you to do, Pastor Kathy, is don't jump out of your story. Don't jump out of your story. I've called you to such a time as this. Don't jump out of your story. You must trust me. You must obey me. And you must listen to me. You see, so many times in our lives that we want to jump ship. Because time, it gets hard. And if we go back to my alligator story, none of us want to be in there with an alligator. And being from Florida... I've seen them plenty of times. I've even picked them up. You're like, how did you do that? Let me just tell you, I have. I've picked up a three-foot alligator right out of Lake Okeechobee, flipped it over, and if you rub their stomach, they go to sleep. Fun fact on oranges and grapefruit and alligators. (laughs) It's like, wow, yes, I've done. I have hog hunted, I have frog-gigged. I have picked up alligators. And so, Bishop, he never did any of that. So, well, we took him hog hunting one time, and we decided we better take the gun, because he was going to kill a cow. So we decided that that wasn't your gift mix, uh, killing a gun, I mean, killing a hog. But anyway, God just spoke to me and said, Kathy, I need you to stay in your story. I believe God's telling people in this place today, stay in your story. Even when things get rough, stay in your story. God has something for you so powerful you can't even imagine. You see, we believe in this, I believe in the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God, He existed before time. He existed in time. He was before Genesis 1-1. He's already in our future. He's a God of everything. He's a sovereign God. He's the kind of God that said, let there be, and there was. He's the kind of of God that in Psalms 21, it says, the sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth. And by your power and your outstretched arm, he's the sovereign God of our lives. When you get to the, you know that he has everything in his hands. He has already purposed it all from the beginning and the end. He's our Alpha and our Omega. Psalms 46 says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Another thing God is, he's the providence of God. He's always with us. He's walking with us. He directs all of our paths. He supplies what we need. He's working on every detail of our lives. Even when we don't think he's working, he's working. We may not think he's doing anything, but he's working in our behalf all the time. He's ordering our steps. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Plans not to harm you, but plans to give you a hope and a future i don't know about you now but in 29 11 i've said it myself the lord you know the plans over my life i declare them over my life because you already have them ready for me ephesians 2 10 says we are for we are god's handiwork created in christ jesus to do good works which god prepared in advance for us to do You see, we can trust the Lord with our lives as long as we stay in the story. We have to stay in the story because your story is the most powerful story that can possibly be because you'll touch people that I'll never touch. You see, if we stay in the story and we trust God with everything, he is always continually with us. He's fully present. He's fully there. He's in your story with you. He's right with you all the time. But see, sometimes we need to be reminded of who he really is. Sometimes we just need a reminder. I don't know about you, but unless. the last... A few months I had to remind myself of who he is. In Genesis, he's the breath of life. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In numbers, he's a fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's the Israel's guide. In Joshua, he's Je- Joshua, he's salvation's choice. In Judges, he's Israel's guard. In Ruth, he's the king's and the redeemer. In first and second Samuel, he's a trusted prophet. In first and second Kings and Chronicles, we see him as sovereign. In Ezra, he's a true and faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's those that he builds the walls and he re- rebuilds lives. In Esther, it's courage. Job, he's a timeless redeemer. Psalms, he's the morning song. In Proverbs, he's wisdom. In Ecclesiastes, he is a time and a season. In the Song of Songs, he's lover's dream. Isaiah, he's the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, he's the weeping prophet. In Lamentations, his cry is for Israel. In Ezekiel, he calls from sin. In Daniel, he's a stranger that shows up in the fire. In Hosea, he's forever faithful. In Joel, he's spirit and power. In Amos, he's strong arms that carry. In Obadiah, he's the Lord and Savior. In Jonah, he's a great missionary. In Micah, he's the promise of peace. In Nahum, he's strength and shield. In Habakkuk and Zephaniah, he brings revival. Haggai, he restores anything that's lost. Zechariah, he's the fountain. Malachi. Malachi the end of the Old Testament. He's the son of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. He's the son of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. And that's just the Old Testament. That's just the Old Testament on who he is in our life. That's just the Old Testament Let's look at the New Testament. A few years later, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John was just not a God. He was a Messiah. He was our Messiah. In the book of Acts, he was the fire from heaven. In Romans, he was the grace of God. In First and 2 Corinthians, he was the power of love. In Galatians, he was the freedom from the curse of sin. In Ephesians, he was our glorious treasure. In Philippians, he was the servant heart. In Colossians, he was the God in the Trinity. In Thessalonians, he was a calling king. In 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, and Philemon, he was a faithful pastor. Hebrews, he was everlasting courage in James he heals you when you're sick in 1st and 2nd Peter he was a faithful shepherd in 1st 2nd 3rd John and Jude he's coming back for his bride he's coming back for his bride in revelation the end of the book he was he is and he will always be will always be. When you don't know what you do and you're in the bottom of that pool, you sometimes have to remind yourself of who God is and what he is. He was and is and always will be. You see, God has something so great and grand for you. We can't even imagine it. It's beyond ourselves to even know what God has. Just takes ordinary people with an ordinary story and wants to use you and me for great things. God is in the details of our lives, my friends. He shows up in ordinary things. He shows up in ordinary situations. He shows up in ordinary people. He always has a plan. He always has a plan. What happened January 18th didn't take, January 19th didn't take God off guard on the 18th. What happened in your life through something that maybe traumatically happened? doesn't take god off plan he doesn't pull back because you've been through a few things he doesn't pull back because you've made a couple of mistakes he doesn't pull back because maybe you weren't faithful or uh, had faith all the time he loves you so much he doesn't get out of the plan for you you could only jump the story yourself you see Rebecca, in the stories, in the Bible, every day she kept going to the water well. Every day she was just faithful and kept going to get the water for her family. She didn't complain. She didn't turn around and go, I hate doing this. Every day she just kept going, not knowing, not knowing that Abraham was sending his servant that day. She just was an ordinary day going to get the water. Abraham sent a servant and said, go find me a wife. She's just doing her thing. Gave him some cup of water, gave his camel some water, and even went to the point of saying, come on, stay back with us and the family. Just an ordinary day, with an ordinary Rebecca (sighs) that God was finding a wife for Isaac. Just an ordinary day with an ordinary person with the ordinary story that stayed in her story. They didn't complain. She stayed there. Well, let's talk a little bit about, uh, <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about Joseph. Joseph was in prison. He didn't do anything. If there was every, somebody really didn't do much wrong, Joseph was one of those kind of people. He just had everything go bad. He was in prison. He had no idea why he was there. He had no understanding of probably why he was there. But his circumstances landed him there. But while he was there, in his ordinary story, in his ordinary person of Joseph, just overcoming every day, just learning to overcome every day, he he interpreted a dream for two people, not knowing that two years later the very interpretation of those dreams was going to unlock the prison doors for his life but he was just doing an ordinary thing on an ordinary day, being ordinary Joseph, using the gifts and the callings that God had given him which literally unlocked the prison doors just Joseph being led by God An ordinary day. An ordinary person. We find in Exodus chapter 1, a Hebrew woman that had a baby. Began to gather straw. Making a basket. Not knowing, having this newborn. Not knowing, how am I going to make this basket? And then put her baby in there. And pushed it to the river, believing God was going to take care of that baby. Not knowing what was going to happen on the other side, but God, using an ordinary Hebrew lady that had a baby that wanted her baby to be safe, pushed it to the other side, and this baby became the Prince of Egypt. God is in your story. He's in your story. See, there's a time and a season for everything. God has a timing. Everything's on schedule. You're in the right place at the right time. There's a time and a season for everything under heaven. You see, so many people always uh, approach me and they say, I want to know my purpose, Pastor Kathy. Please tell me your purpose. I need to know the purpose of God. Please give me. I want to know the purpose. Let me... Explain something to you. You don't need to worry about your purpose. You need to worry about your season. Because when you're in your season, your purpose will become clear. Embrace the season to which God has called you to and don't jump out of your story. Don't jump out of your story. I had a, and I'm gonna, I don't have no idea. I'm going to finish up here. I had a phone call from Pastor William McDowell. How many know Pastor William McDowell? He's been here many times. He's a personal friend. He was a uh, spiritual son to my husband. And he called me while I was at the gathering in Branson for pastors and leaders. And he said, I have to talk to you. Actually, he texted me. He said, I have to talk to you right away and I said okay and so I called him back and later on that day and he said to me Pastor Kathy I have to tell you something and I said okay he said bishop prophesied 18 months ago a prophetic word in our church before covid and he said he prophesied it in such details and how many understand there are certain people that when you get phone calls from or you call back, you just always have a note and a pen? Because I never know with Pastor William whether he's going to prophesy to me, going to sing a song to me, or if he's going to tell me something. So I was, I was in my room in this cabin we were staying in, and he began to tell me in details what God what Bishop had said in a prophetic word to their church. And I said, that's amazing. He said, it, it was details. It was so detailed, he said, that I'm literally walking in that prophetic word right now. You see, it was details about a new building. It was details of a prepared place. It was details that God had spoken to them through the bishop 18 months earlier. 18 months earlier. 18 months earlier. The seed of what God wants to do is still alive. The promises and the prophetic in your life is still alive. He said, I'm walking right now that prophetic word that bishop gave, and I need you to come. He said, I have to have you come. I didn't get home until that Wednesday night about 1030, and I had to fly to Orlando the next day. He bought me a first-class ticket, put me in a suite. I didn't know what to expect. I went to church that night, sat on the front row, but I got there early. He goes, you have to come early said, okay, I'll be there early. <laughs> he walked me through the building that God had prophetically said 18 months earlier. I sat on that front row and I was a part of a service that absolutely blew my mind with the presence of God. And I said to myself, Lord, I want that for the gate. I want that for the gate. I want that for the people of Oklahoma City. I want that presence. I had no idea when I got there what kind of honor, and I'll show that to you sometime, he gave my husband and myself. Bishop Joe Garlington was there. Two of the prophets were there. They called me to the platform, and they laid hands on me and prophesied. I couldn't believe that I was actually standing on William McDowell's platform. And God cared enough about what was happening in my life and the life of this body that he put me there to receive what he had. And you think God doesn't care. And you think he's not involved with the minute details of your life. There's promises in you. There's prophetic words in you. There's things in you that God has given you. It doesn't matter if it was 18 months ago or two years ago or eight months ago or eight days ago. His promises are true. Seeds don't die. They live. The seeds in your life will not die. They will live. They will live. One more story. And then we're going to close. Will you give me five more minutes? 21 years ago, Bishop and I started a a gathering called i mean a, a pastors and leaders gathering frontline pastors called the gathering we started 21 years ago every year we've done them i've just got done with four just flew home this past sunday i didn't know what it was going to be like without the bishop I didn't know whether pastors and their wives would even come, but they did. And guess what? God showed up. Guess what? He showed up. I was so thankful for what God did in those men and those women. Because you know what? It had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with the bishop. It had to do with the seeds that were planted 21 years ago that God was still calling forth. And God was there. Do you think he cares about the details? He cares about you, the details. He cares about you. He cares about the seed. He cares about you. I was coming home from that gathering, the three I did three right in a row. Three right in a row. That particular gathering there was probably a hundred pastors and leaders that we did every three days. Most people could keep up with that. I'm talking about cooking morning, night, having having lunches together, worshiping together, we worship together, we pray together, we we we, we know each other, we uphold one another. It's a very unique thing that God had us start twenty-one years ago. And I'm so thankful that I have the opportunity to continue it on. So I was leaving there and I was tired and I'd left there about 5.30 from Branson and to drive home and I was by myself and you know, I don't have to be by myself, but sometimes when I'm by myself, I can make phone calls. And I can do the things that I normally can't do by myself. And besides the fact, I just like being by myself sometimes because I can play the music as loud as I want to. I can do what I want to. If I want to eat chips and, and chocolate and, 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 and anything, nobody's there to tell me I can't. Not that the bishop did, because he ate as much as I did. But the point is, he didn't like loud music. and He could ride in silence. I was going nuts so now lord forgive me i can turn the music as loud as i want to you know, open the windows wave my hands whatever i want to do so anyway i just went off a little rabbit trail that i was really spiritual for a while then i just went anyway i'm coming home and i got out um to go to the restroom and probably get a little snack and i took my purse and um I still carry my husband's phone with me. Now, it's not because I need his phone for security, okay? I'm not like going to bed with his phone and I now to have his phone and I gotta have his picture. I have to do work on that phone, okay? There's things and he has contacts in there that I don't have and so I have to carry it. He has emails that come in that are still coming in that I have to take care of. And um, so I had his phone and my phone in my purse and I went into an on queue or something I'm sure I got a large Coke Zero with lemon. I'm sure I did. And I came back out, and his phone, now listen, God cares about you. If you have any takeaway today of this sermon or this stories, please know he cares so much about you. Bishop's phone attached, it connected to my car. And it said, Bishop's iPhone. And his playlist came up. It was the end of a sermon, apparently, that he had been listening to. So I just listened. Well, he must have been listening. I need to finish listening. So I was listening. And all of a sudden, on his playlist, came a song. And the song was, You are so beautiful to me can't you see you see that was our song he used to put that playlist on and he'd sing that to me he sang it to me over and over again i and if the if the piano could come i said Sarah, I don't know where she is. I cried and cried and cried because I felt like it was a God wink from heaven that He was telling me, that God was telling me, You did it. You got to the other side of the pool. You, you, you walked in courage. Even when you didn't understand, you did it. And I cried, and my emotions cried because I missed my husband. But I also know the great Father, the loving God that loves us so much that He would just give me one of those God winks. I cried. And I got myself together and I drove home, not knowing what was on the other side of going to William McDowell's. This was on a Wednesday. I'm at Williams for the weekend. Come home. I'm here at church and I have to go to another gathering out in California. So I, had, I went to another gathering. You can't make this stuff up, guys. Those pastors in California don't know the pastors. In the other pastors. See, they don't all know each other. They were just our friends that we called together. I finished the gathering, and there were sweet moments there. Pastor Celine was up next to me, so you knew we were getting ready to end. And I was thanking all those pastors and their wives for taking the time to come be together. And there was a lady on the side, and she was a pastor's wife, and she said, I feel like I have a prophetic song for you. I said, okay. So I handed her. She says, no, I can't sing. And I was like, okay, well, that's okay, you know. She she took the mic and she said, this prophetic song, she goes, I don't totally understand it, but I got to sing it. And I said, okay. She said, you are. So beautiful to me, can't you see? She handed it to the lady behind her who could sing. Stephen began to play the keyboard. Nobody in that room knew what had happened in my car on that playlist. But God, I had mentioned it to Amanda. She was there, and I would mentioned it to Holly. They were the only two people on the earth that knew. Amanda sat in that room, her and Jason, when that happened. I turned around to those pastors and leaders, and I said, you don't know what just happened here. And I told them my story. Obviously, just like you and me, there was great emotion. Why do I tell you that story? Because God cares about you that much. You see, Pastor Lonnie Johns was there, and he said to me, Pastor Kathy, God wants me to tell you if you didn't get it the first time, he wanted to tell you the second. That he's with me. You see, this morning, he's with you. And he's with the details of your life. And those promises, those seeds, those prophetic words, those things that are, you've been yearning for, and you know whether it was 18 months ago, 18 years ago, eight days ago, or eight hours ago. He's with you. He's with you, Sade. He's with you. He's with you. He's with you, and he wants to send sweet kisses from above to tell you how much he loves you and how much he's for you. And whatever you're going through right now, you might think, I'm in this pool, and there's alligators everywhere, but I'm here to tell you this morning that he loves you. He's in, your, he's, in your, he's, in, he's in it with you. Just don't jump out of your story. Don't jump out of your story because in your story, He's going to give you strength. In your story, He's going to give you courage. In your story, if you jump out of your story, you're going to be out of it. You're going to stay in it no matter how painful it is. He's in your story and He has something for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah stay in your story if there's one thing today of a takeaway stay in your story and god is with you hallelujah father we thank you today we give you all the praise and glory and honor thank you thing lord that you touch people's lives in jesus name amen stay in your story stay in your story
1: it will come to pass cause great is your faithfulness
0: to me
1: Great is your grace Is your faithfulness to me From the rising, From the rising sun, to the sun to the same grace. I will praise your, praise your name Say great is your faithfulness
0: You sit down. I just have a little, little um, uh, announcement I need to make. If we could have the house lights up, please. No pastor ever likes to be able to make announcements like this, especially when you're in relationship with people. And in um, this church, if you've been here a while, you know that it, it's based on receiving and sending, receiving and releasing. And today, I I, ha, I have the opportunity to um, to announce that Pastor David and Jennifer will be transitioning from the Gate Church to a church in South Carolina. We've been in we've been in communication for the last five or six weeks with them. And they feel like that God has called them and releasing them to another, another place, another um, assignment. And so with great conversation, we, we came uh, that this would be the best. Um, this is not easy. I've known David and Jennifer since they were 21 years old. Pre-kids, just dogs. I knew them right out of college they were out of college i was old and i'm older now because they're getting old but uh <laughs> the next time i see david he'll probably be fully gray but uh i cover mine up just yeah i don't think you'll ever see me do that route guys but anyway um but their assignment will be moving to south carolina with pastor eric and gina boggs who's a part of our network and even though we don't like these times that come and but they do sometimes come and we just want you to know, and from my heart today, that you, you know how much I love you and this body loves you. And even though we're going to miss you tremendously, only you guys know the truth. <laughs> how many times have I talked to you in the wee hours of the night, and you've been such encouragers? And I thank you for that. We will miss you, but we're celebrating you. I wanted to make that announcement today because I've been in meetings all week with our whole team and, um, and they need to put their house on the market, which I think they have. But next week is our family day and we're going to be praying over Pastor David and Jennifer and releasing them into their new assignment. When you come to family day next week, there'll be 450,000 cupcakes. <laughs> Sam's says, not get ready. They don't even know what's going to happen. But we want to celebrate them on our family day next week, so that you can tell them how much and grateful you are to them. They have been here for five years, and they have journeyed through with Bishop and I. And they're just great, great couple. And I bless you today. Next week we'll pray real good and all all, all all that stuff. Today, I just wanted to let you know that they will be transitioning. They're not leaving until the end of the. Uh, November, so they will stay in the journey with us as we begin to uh, make the transition in our offices. But next week will be our day to celebrate you and to celebrate your family. Anna, I can't believe you're leaving me. I was, I was so hoping that that wasn't going to happen, but we just want to thank David and Jennifer today. Yes. We love you. We love you. We love you. They have been an amazing couple. And the beauty of sending and releasing is it doesn't have to be bad guys. So many times in churches you see bad things. You think there's something behind the scenes and there's nothing behind the scenes. You know, I would tell you, I tell you about that stuff. And so there's nothing wrong. It's just a season change. That's all it is. And so we want to celebrate them in their new assignment. So don't miss next Sunday. Don't miss our family day. Listen, we're not just having baptism. We're having communion together as a family. God is gonna do something miraculous. And afterwards, we're gonna go to the pumpkin patch. We're gonna go out there. There's gonna be bounce houses for the kids. Food trucks are gonna be here. Um, We're not paying for the food truck. Y'all have to buy your ribs or your turkey leg or whatever's going to be there. But we want it to all be out by the pumpkin patch. You want to be a part of the trunk hop. You know, that's if you really think. Now, listen, there's some creatives in here. Come on now. Decorate your trunk. You know, buy some candy for the kids. And let's have a great time together. It's going to be an awesome day, family day. It's only a one hour service. Well, we'll try. Anyway, we'll try. But anyway, God bless you. We love you today. We love you, Pastor David and Jennifer. If you want to give them hugs today, have a blessed afternoon. We love you guys. Be.